0: We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Oh, oh, grass. Long, wavy grass. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no. We've got to go through it. Swishy, swashy, swishy, swashy, swishy, swashy.
1: Welcome to 1001 Good Nights, a new podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Turn the pages with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they try to understand the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. Ben. Tell me about We're Going on a Bear Hunt. What? Why did you choose this book? What do you enjoy about it? Okay, so I will say that um,
0: even apart from how much of a pleasure it is uh, to, to read and kind of perform this book, this is maybe my favorite book to eavesdrop on when, when there's a guest reader in our household. So when the first year and a half of Jack's life, we lived in a tiny Chicago apartment, which meant that all, and and we worked from home. And so when there were visitors or grandparents or babysitters and you were in the next room um, and then you could hear the the book selection, I was always sort of rooting for we're going on a bear hunt just because of how much fun it is to, to listen, even from afar. Um, I think just because readers... Um, there's there's something compelling about the, the cadence of this one that they get swept up into its particular rhythm and cadence, but it's also kind of inevitable that they put their own interpretation on the various you know onomatopoeias and uh, phrasing and stuff like that. So they 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 individualize it and and reinterpret it as, as they do it, and so getting to stack these sort of separate guest performances, one against each other, really, like, livened up. <laughs> like, even, even when you're listening in the next room, it was it, it was a lot of fun. So uh, I, I won't say which books I dreaded. <laughs> 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 we'll keep this bear hunt focused. But um, this is definitely the one that whenever they got caught up and I was like, oh, man, this was this was the right move on, you know, sisters, grandparents, babysitters,
1: whoever's part. um had you heard heard this before you started reading it to jack like do you remember it from childhood or had you heard it other places
0: you know i think that it it, when when we got it for jack it seemed vaguely familiar so i think i had heard it run across i don't have a a real strong childhood memory of, of the rhythms of it um and i did i think that i read it to him before I'd heard somebody else read it, which I think is mm. which is good and interesting good. because then you you kind of make your own decisions about How it sounds and that's one of the great pleasures of the book. So um, I, in other words, I I wasn't just copying how somebody else did it from the from the get-go uh, But what I think is interesting about this is that the whole the whole backstory of it is about interpretation, too. So it, it started off as a folk song which is a pretty amorphous thing. Like it it wasn't even always a bear hunt. Sometimes it was a lion hunt, and there's some weird verses about binoculars uh. and, and things and things like that. And then um I guess um one of one of the authors, uh Michael Rosen, or rather the, the author of the text, Michael Rosen, had incorporated something from the folk song into sort of a one-man poetry performance bit that he would do. And then his book editor asked him. To make it into a book, and so then he had the task of uh, of sort of committing to how these things should be written. In words, how do you spell squelchy, squirchy, and swishy, swashy, and stuff <laughs> and stuff like that? And and then he had to lengthen it to make it a little bit longer at their request. Um, and so so that's an act of interpretation on his part. And then he gives it to Helen Oxenberry to illustrate it. And what's fascinating about that is that independently, she had already illustrated it for an album cover as a folk song several years before. Like I think the album, the album was in the late 70s, early 80s, and then all this bookmaking is happening kind of in the late 80s. And so she already sort of independently is familiar with it and has uh created sort of a visual word for world for it before being tasked by the editors. And so she draws all these illustrations, which are one of the things that make the book so lovely, you know, is kind of the watercolor illustrations. And, but it's dramatically different from what he imagined. So they, for the 25th anniversary, they did some piece in the garden that they that, that gave a little bit more of the backstory. And he talks about, uh, Michael Rosen talks about how originally he'd sort of provided notes about jesters and Queens. And he was maybe thinking of like a bear suit and then, <laughs> She draws all these beautiful watercolors of these four children the a baby and a dog prancing around the woods. And he, he says, yeah, you know, it was beautiful, but I, I couldn't figure out what it had to do with a bear hunt. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out how they can make it into a book. And but then he says, you know, I, I trust illustrators and, and editors to make the book. Um, that's not what I do. You know, I, I let them do their thing, which as a book editor, that's the way book editors think it should be. But that is. Not a attitude that I often encounter among authors
1: from they're your like, authors, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <they're laughs> like, what? Which makes sense because I mean, it's it's their words, and then if you say, "Oh, I I took you to mean this thing," it's pretty to say, "Oh, no, that is that is much better than what
1: <laughs> what I'd initially conceived." I wonder if that's so more. It, I wonder if that's more common with children's book authors because they're used to maybe working independently with illustrators. Yeah, you, I, you think I, that's?
0: I, I think that's that, that that's definitely possible. Um, and then also the fact that. This itself, you know, and I've, I've encountered this before, you know, sometimes when he was approached by the editor with the idea. So in some ways, even though it was a performance that he had done that caused the editor to approach him, it was still the editor told him this should, you know, you should make this into a book. So, yeah, there, there was already it, it was it was already kind of outside of him. It was not like he came and said, these are the words. This is the tune. This is how it needs to be. This needs to be a book. It was he was a piece And in the larger team effort from the, from the get go, which I think makes, which which I think makes a huge difference.
1: Sure.
0: Um, but then, so then, so then she, her illustrations take this in a, in a dramatically different, different way. But then even when you see him, uh, performing the book, I think, uh, so if, if you, if, if you read along, so in the actual book. Like even things as small as, uh, but when when they get to one of the sections, it's, you know, when they may encounter an obstacle, they'll say, oh oh, or at least that's what it says. It's oh in the book, and then if you look at the transcript for his performances, um, he says uh
1: oh, hmm. and I, that, I think that's. I have never even noticed that. I have always just said uh oh, Not yeah, oh, and uh oh
0: and, and uh-oh makes so much. I use I used to say. Uh Oh, and then I, I, and then I corrected myself and started saying, <laughs> Oh, cause I wanted to be like true to, but then, you know, he, but it's obviously as a performer, it all started from his performance. So he could write it however he wants right. to. And he, I think he even holds the record for, for this book for the largest children's book reading, the Guinness book of world records, where it's really where he performed like 2,500 people and thousands more <laughs> online or whatever it is in, in 2014. And so, and he performs it hundreds of times every year and he wrote, he gets royalties. So, I mean, it's, like I'm not going to criticize how he says oh <laughs> oh, and maybe it's like a you know British American thing, but to me you know oh dash oh that's oh oh which is an awkward. So even like at, at the very basic level, the fact that he wrote it down and then he performs it differently than what he wrote from his own performance, that's just a fascinating thing. And then right. once you get into the, I feel like uh, people the, the cadence like we're going. And maybe maybe you do this very different, so you have to tell me we're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. Like that, that seems to be pretty common. And when, when I hear people perform it like that rhythm, but then the way that people say, what a beautiful day and we're not scared. Mm. And then the big duck forest and we can't go over it. We can't, that, that all changes Changes up. And so it's, and so it's strange to hear like is in in my head when I'm listening along to the, the other people that are reading this to my son, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then they do it just like, Oh, that's, Odd choice there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> yeah,
0: but get, but I like it. I like what you're doing. You know, I w- wouldn't have been, Wouldn't. Have, that's not how I do it. You know.
1: <laughs> We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Uh-oh, grass. Long, wavy grass. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. Oh, no, we've got to go through it. Swishy swashy, swishy swashy, swishy swashy. It's also interesting listening to people read it who, ha- who aren't familiar with it, like who haven't read it 45 times out of the last 50 days, right. you know, and practically right. have it memorized. It's a very different experience when you have to effortfully kind of read it and you that, that I've grown to enjoy it more as I've basically memorized it. And and, and yeah, therefore I, I can say, just rehearse it. I don't have to read it anymore. You
0: no, know, that's, that's exactly right. I would say this is one of the few books that, um, you, you memorize it. And I, I feel like we would slip into performing it just when we were in the car in the book. Isn't it? We, yes. we would just sort of like, and, cause, cause situations come up and, and, and also the, you know, as a family unit, as you slog through the adventures of, of life that are involved in that, that sort of what a beautiful day. We're not scared. That's like, that's like a good little mantra for for a lot of adventures that you set out on. But kind of what I'm so uh, what, one of the things that I was curious to hear from you though is so uh, first of all, how do you, have you noticed that people do it differently? Um, you know, they perform it differently than than you're used to doing it. And then also, what do you like? What do you think about the plot of the of the book in general? And what do you think about the bear? Because I think the bear was another thing as part of that backstory where she had a, the illustrator had a totally different, like, sort of uh, conception of 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 what the bear should be and its emotional range than probably the the author of the text yeah. did. And so how do you read like how how do you read their interaction? Like what's their kind of what's their energy going after the, you know, on the bear hunt? And then at the end, like, what does the bear think of all this?
1: Right. Okay, let me go in order those real quick. The first two real quick questions that you had. Um I actually haven't heard a lot of other people read it. Um my wife, obviously. And it, I, I think it's it's like you're saying one of the things that's really powerful about the text is that it's Somehow, people can read it fairly differently, and it still feels like the same story. Yeah, know that's um, exactly right. It's amazing. It, it's I think it's a real testament to the to the story and the text itself that it can kind of, it can contain that diversity and still be so instantly recognizable as the same. It's the same story, the same, um, the same verses. So that's that's that first part. Um, in terms of the plot, like I, I really like how it's like I, I feel like a, a common thing among. Um, children's books is repetition, you know, like you get little like repetitive verses and choruses that kind of repeat themselves throughout a book. And I I sort of like that. It's like that. Obviously, there are verses that get repeated, the text that gets repeated over and over again. But each little chapter is also kind of like a repetition. So it feels like very repetitive in the best way. It's got that real like rhythm to it. Like you said, really like sweeps you along that's right, Yeah, you know yeah, and
0: it, there, there's like a joy in just getting you know swept off by it
1: yeah and, um, each, and then each little chapter is like its own kind of story like they come to a new place and then there's like a problem and then they end up getting through it but then yeah, it, and,
0: and, and, and then you get to review all of them in the end on which the way is also, back oh right? <laughs> and that's
1: i mean one of my favorite parts is when they get to the after they meet the bear in the cave and then you go it's a bear and then i personally i try and read that next little all that the return journey literally as fast as I can, quick back to the cave, tiptoe, tiptoe, tip, 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 tip back to the snow part, hoo hoo hoo, back to the fire. <laughs> right. So I just blaze through it, um, all the way till they're till they're in bed. So there, there's this real like sense, like visceral sense of like movement and like it doesn't again it doesn't feel like you're reading a story. It feels like you're in it because the the story forces you along in such a good way. Um, I don't do you have.
0: No, that's, that's, that's what I do. And part of you know, just also because,
1: and this was, we we did this
0: with Jack early before he had much, before when he, when he he had interest in, in books, but didn't have the necessarily the attention span for a whole thing. And so by the end, we're really rushing through to just at least just like get actually finish a book <laughs> get this one done. And even that's how the, the, the panels are arranged, you know, they're all kind of bunched up, you know, so you can see right, all at one. once. And you've already done it before, so it's just kinda of like a quick review. You don't have to really so yeah, no, I I do the same thing and, and, and it's and I and it feels it's one of those things that you feel like the momentum has been picking up the entire time. Yeah. And then really just rocketing along.
1: And that, it's very pleasurable to do that. Totally. Okay, let's talk about the bear. Um, yeah. So you hint, you hinted at the bear, or go ahead. What do you? I was got? gonna say the, the only the only complaint that
0: I that I have about this uh, of it, it the rhythm is so good, except the uh, forest section where they stumble like the stumble trip. First of all, like trip isn't like as fun a word as like squelchy or swishy or swashy mm. or you know splosh or anything like that. And I feel like it's the <laughs> it's the only one where it isn't balanced. Like almost all, you know, if it's, if the first part is swishy, then the next part is swashy. They both have two syllables, Oh, same thing, splosh, you know, splash and splosh, everything is balanced. Stumble has two syllables. Trip just has one. Once again, Trip isn't really sound. And so, and then I thought maybe that's the genius of it because you're kind of <laughs> stumbling and tripping over it. And then I was like, I've, I've really gone down like a,
1: <laughs> a rabbit hole. On the spare Wait, ha- okay. How do you, how do you read Stumble Trip? Read uh,
0: well, so I stumble trip. I kind of like act as if I'm stumbling sometimes and tripping. Oh.
1: Kinda of, yeah. Well, what what do you do? Do you? I do. I do. Mine's sort of slower. It's stumble trip, stumble trip, um, stumble yeah. trip. Oh, like, but, I, like
0: uh, kind of, the clip clopping. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah, I yeah. Guess kind I... of
1: clip cloppy, I guess that's a good. That yeah, that it's... maybe that would be a good. Uh, hmm, okay, interesting. Okay, well. <laughs> File <laughs> it away. All right. All right. Yeah, let's get to the bear. Cause... <laughs> okay. So you hinted at the bear's emotional state. Uh, tell me more about that.
0: Well, it's just so the 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 bear the bear doesn't have any like lines in the book, and the whole point of the book is to get to the bear. But the 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 children seem very unprepared for actually encountering the bear, and then the bear follows them. And I I think you're you're meant to be kind of a little scared, but then that last scene of the bear, he just he looks very doleful, like it, it's a very different it's, – it's not a scary image. That the, the back piece of, of, you know, after you've ended – there's no more text. And it's just him walking along the beach kind yes. of like sadly. Okay, so and wait. So, what, and, and I like thought that changes – I thought like that changed your mind about like what, what the bear's intent was. Like, you know, maybe he just went – I don't know. What? what how, do, how do you so,
1: like – uh, in the it's a bear page where it's it's the dog looking up at the the one shiny wet nose two big fur ears two big goggly eyes it's a bear so there's the dog who looks scared and the bear does look kind of angry not like terrifying but sort of what are you doing here dog get right. out of here so right. that that makes you think okay typical this is what happens when you hunt and find a bear
0: <laughs> right yeah but then especially especially if you're only the only thing you brought along is There's no hunting gear. It's just maybe a single forked twig.
1: (laughs) 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 But then, okay. But then, when you when you look at the little um, the the pictures on the way back, the bear is so small. It looks kind of cartoony. Like it looks like a teddy bear is chasing them. Um, So that sort of changes my perception of the bear. And then when you get to the shut the door back upstairs into the bedroom, the bear is like. Up on two, and his his two paws are on the window, and he's looking in. But he does not look at all ter- like terrifying. He just looks kind of curious. He's like checking it out. Like he's kind of emotionless. Like, wh- what's wrong with you guys? How come you're you know? He's not like banging down the door or, or snarling right. or anything. And then, as you point out, by the time you get to that last the the last picture in the book, he he's kind of like hunched over with it. You know, his arms sort of like dangling in his side. It's The sun is kind of, like, setting. And to me, I read that as he looks sad. Like, he looks, like, bummed out that that he thought he was going to get to play or something, and they, like, ran away from him. (laughs) So, I don't know. That's how I read it. But my wife always thinks it's funny that in that last little picture, I always add in my own text, which is, oh, bye, guys. This sort of, like, big, cuddly teddy bear who's, like, disappointed that they didn't want to play.
0: Yeah, well, but I think that's – I mean, if you – when the that little uh, back and forth that the author and illustrator have, I think that's the illustrator's read on the situation is that the bear is actually kind of friendly, like in a, but I mean, the, the, the whole, like when you're in bed and then you dash downstairs, cause you remember that you left the door unlocked. <laughs> like that's like a horror movie, trip, right. you know? Like, so it's like, you think you're safe. Like you got, you got home and then wait, did you lock the door? Did you lock the door? and then you're like, Oh no. And like, Who's gonna go do it? That person's probably not gonna make it back alive. You know, that's, like, that's, kind of like, that's the expectation that's set up. but, but, you know, that, but that, uh,
1: that tension of whether the bear is like friendly and wants to play or mean and wants to eat them—that that's—I feel like that sort of mimics the whole idea of this. Uh, you know, a bunch of kids going on a bear hunt. Like the right. idea is that it's gonna be like fun and it's gonna be an adventure, and then they get there and they think, "Uh oh, we've made a huge mistake. This is terrifying."
0: Yeah, and so well, that that's so that is that the. <laughs> Maybe this is, and I think this also changes when you realize that they're all kids. I think that the common right. uh, perception when you first read it is you assume that the large boy, like the oldest sibling, is a is the father, and then it's right. like, what an irresponsible father leading his <laughs> kids like on a bear hunt. And like, what do you think was going to happen? Sure, there's a bear, <laughs> they endangered them. And, and then it's when you realize they're all kids, or at least they're intended to be, um, I think then it's like, oh, classic kids, just like not nah, like, like more than you bargained for, I guess. I mean. But it's, but it's like, that that is one of the things like when they're going on a bear hunt, it's such like a, like a, a fr- and even the way that they're sort of skipping through these meadows yeah. and stuff like that, like they're on a frog, but actually a bear hunt is pretty, like, it's a serious, a bear is a dangerous animal. You know?
1: <laughs> it's, <laughs> and, and it's, then, a, it's you, almost like nature too is conspiring against them saying like, are you guys sure you want to do this? Like there's all these right. obstacles to get, to actually get there and they just keep yeah. pushing through. Yeah. And then they get there and then like. They 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 accomplish
0: their objective. They find the bear and the, and then, yeah, they they flee. So it's so it's like we fought through all this stuff for what, and then but, 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 but I mean it's like, come on, kids, like what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um. But maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just that they they did like they did but they never. Maybe it's the, the whole it's, I think as a parent, you, you kind of reach for a moral for the story. I mean, what do you think it is here? I mean, is it that, uh, you know, that they just like be, be careful what you wish for, or it's like you, humans don't really understand nature. Like they, they want to hunt and capture and they realize it's, it's too like scary for them. But then actually nature had a lot to offer and it just was willing to play. If you just gave it a chance, I don't know. <laughs> what's the
1: Yeah. I think something about I have have two thoughts on that. One is that it's sort of that like life is just sort of messy and what, what you think it's going to be when you start off is, is not it. Like they think it's going to be fun and it turns into this terrifying thing, but actually the bear looks terrifying, but maybe he's actually just kind of friendly and wants to play. Right. And so it's, it's just, there's no way you can know ahead of time. You just have to, it's, you know, like you can't predict the outcome, the destination. It's all about you just sort of go on the journey and, Hopefully have a good time and don't get eaten.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. And and I will say, so I, like a lot of, you know, grownups, it's easy to criticize the kid, but, but as a kid, that's, it really captures what those kind of exploratory adventures when you're wandering along a creek bed, like it's, you don't really know what you're doing. And then sometimes it's like, uh, if you're asked by, like something goes wrong and you're asked by an adult, like, what were you thinking? It's like, well, yeah, we were throwing rocks (laughs) Into, into this thing to see what would happen. And then sure enough, like we broke something. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, isn't that what you thought would like, I don't know. We just thought we would throw some rocks in there and kind of see
1: <laughs> and see. Yeah, they weren't thinking about the end. They were just in the moment. You know, that's the and I feel like any any great children's book should maybe irritate adults in in some respect like that. Like it should it right. should make sense. It should be strange and kind of childish, right? Because that's what kids are going to relate to. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, unless you got anything else, let's let's bounce to the lightning round. No, let's do it. <laughs> What's your favorite geographical area from the book? Do you have one of the little tablets uh, that's your favorite? It's
0: the it's the swishy swashy. I mean that's oh. that's a fun thing to say. Um, also, it's maybe one of the most beautiful. Like like the actual visual. I I want to go to that the, the
1: swishy swashy yeah. meadow. And I'm, I'm I wouldn't go through it. I would just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> plop down. Right. <laughs> uh assuming this was real life and you found yourself um on a bear hunt with a bunch of children like this at at what point would you at what point in this part of the adventure would you inevitably just give up and go home like which one of those geographical areas would be the the straw that broke the camel's back for you
0: i think as as an adult um i would say it's when i looked around and just saw that we didn't actually you know all we had was the twig Um, (laughs) (laughs) plan or spear or anything like that
1: okay last one um if the book were going to be made into a movie, and you were in charge of choosing a director and/or lead role, uh, who who would you choose? Who would okay, you want so, to make this into a movie?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think it'd be fun to, to have several directors submit like their version. Like I love to see mm-hmm. like Guillermo del Toro's, but I think <laughs> the obvious the obvious answer is this is a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, oh, I was thinking just that like myself too. Aimless, like aimless, yep, sort of like whimsical, like, kind you know, of. whimsical, like. <laughs> children that are sort of like acting like adults but you're not they're kind of in a weird state and a lot of like symmetrical framed
1: yeah scenes yeah oh, like, like you know so uh, hands down wes we need to get on the horn with wes and uh, that's right time to yeah. get
0: started hey everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode of a thousand and one good nights if you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories check out our website at 1001goodnights.com. That's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week.